But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. week a couple weeks ago trying to think if i do and david you there yep i'm here are you in the car yep yeah i figured we can hear it um that's at least a stansfield all around all around the world that's that that's that 90s hits right there and right now we're gonna get into a segment guys actually before we get into this segment just let you know that i love our commercials you know, our commercials are going six or seven years strong. Just had the father figure commercial. I'm looking up for some more material for another commercial. Oh, yeah. And Judas Priest. You know how old those commercials are? Mm-hmm. They'll be coming up on seven years. Yes, you are correct. Seven years those commercials are. And they're still classics. People, the fans really enjoy them, uh, by the way. Uh, I know, Frank, you don't like the commercials because you think we, we're getting off the wheel horse or whatever you like to call it, or uh, it's a little too uh, entertaining for yourself, is it? Nick? No, I just like to, we got to get something fresh in there. It, it, but, but it's a classic, though, Frank. I, I mean, I'm not disputing that, but... Uh... Well, then get some more fresh material. I'm sure we'll get some fresh material. That, that back then, though, remember, guys, that was that was the angry Frank. Frank, why were you so angry back then? <laughs> Who knows? Because you let's you see, know. the Lions were losing. That's true. Tigers was trying to fire everyone. Mm-hmm. Red Wings were tanking. Pistons mm-hmm. weren't good. No, 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 no. Back oh, in 2016, the the the, the uh, uh, Red Wings were pretty decent, weren't they? Well, they were it well, I mean, was, they to were headed towards their downfall. But, Michigan uh, State was headed towards their downfall. I mean, you really hated Jim Harbaugh. I, did, uh, I pretty much hated how the Detroit media was trying to paint him as Jesus in khakis. But isn't he Jesus in khakis? No, though? he's not. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, is that just that Michigan State coming out of you? He was trying to fire Tom Izzo for a short while. No, that's right. He was. You were trying to fire Tom Izzo. I remember that. I was saying that that he needed to make some changes. uh, Although this year, this uh, year I will admit, Mm -hmm. no, I wasn't trying to fire him. I wasn't happy with his lack of staff changes. You didn't like Jim Caldwell, which, by the way, is the last coach to get your team to the playoffs with the Lions. Hmm. Well, in-game decisions were pretty bad. Compared to what Matt Patricia, who you loved at first, and then you start calling him Matt. And Patricia. then I realized I was sold a bill of goods. I don't know if you were really sold a bill of goods. I think you really were hyped that Caldwell was gone, and you believed in the bad bill of goods. When really you had some substance right here. It's just like when you date a girl that you have that's really down for you, and you decide to go for the the trashy hooker. That's what you did with Patricia. You went over there and thought, ooh. 
she's from the, the A-plus brothel. I'm going to go with this girl, even though this girl over here gives me a home-cooked meal every night. Yeah, but I could see why you were angry, though, back then. Well, things are much better now. How you sell? So? How the Red Wings doing? Well, they've won five in a row. Okay. They're uh, three points out of a wild card spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I see uh, you're sporting the, the Red Wings gear again. You put it away for about a couple years. Um, you were just that embarrassed, huh? Hey, I mean the te- I mean from what I've seen, team plays hard. They play for Derek Lalonde. You just didn't like Ken Holland. Oh, thank. You. Oh, and also they well, beat the team that Ken Holland now manages. Well, I know you're getting joy out of that, but once again, Ken Holland didn't have a lot of talent either. At least he was at least, a horrible GM. Okay, that's uh, all. Is that part of the Iser plan too? Yes, the Iser plan I've said is bearing fruit. So. Let's say it doesn't bear fruit. A couple years from now, you're going to be angry and then say that you were sold a bill of goods. I would say no. I mean, because I've seen, it's been a few it's been a few years he's been on the job. Uh, things are getting better, and they're going to continue. And I have confidence that they're going to continue to get better. Okay. okay. Yeah. If, I mean, if you can see, if you can see result, results are being are getting there. Then yeah, you're definitely gonna feel a hell of a lot better about the direction of your franchise. Okay. Also, shout out to Greg Saylor. He said mm-hmm. hello, Gold Royals. Was that Blissfield? Yeah. Actually, quick shot to the Blissfield Royals girls basketball team. They won the Lenawee County Athletics Association conference title last night. Who won the boys? Is that next week? The boys? Uh, the boys is still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. I know that Onstead's in first place, but. My blue streaks have thrown a monkey wrench into things. Really, Ida? Yeah, they they ended up. I gotta give I gotta give my alma mater a quick shout out. They well, you can do that on the boys when you start yeah, basketball. Yeah, when we talk, we'll we'll get there. But uh, I know we kind of got off on a mm-hmm. bit of a tangent. tangent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll give that we'll give them that shout out though. But uh, you know, like I said, we wanted to say hello to some of our uh, listeners. Now we're going to get into a segment where maybe David gets a little angry. That's Eric, as Chris Berman calls him, the B enemy, decided to make a lateral move from offensive coordinator of the Chiefs to offensive coordinator and, by the way, though, assistant coach of the Washington Commanders. All right. David, if you may step to the pulpit. Well, first I want to say he didn't make a lateral move. He actually moved a step down. But that- wow. Oh, wait a minute. He went from offensive coordinator to offensive, and they added assistant coach to the title. And he's now calling the, the plays. plays. Well, he did call the plays, but Andy Reid, in certain situations, was calling the, the plays. So how did he have a step down, David? So, so so let's start with Andy Reid. So in the position, look at the pieces that he had. Kind of He's respected within that organization. So now he goes to Washington where... You're basically playing with a rookie quarterback who's in the second system in two years, and you really don't know what you have in Sam Howell, so there's great unknown. Yes, you have um, running backs that are decent. You have wide receivers that are decent. And, yes, he has the power. He has a position, the title head, assist, you know, offensive coordinator, assistant head coach. He has the ability to call the plays. But the reason I say he took a step down is that Washington – Everyone is expecting Washington to sell the team within a year. So he's basically in this job for guaranteed, and I even guarantee a season. And so then he's back 
potentially he's back to square one to where if a new owner comes in, management group, are they going to keep Ron Rivera? Are they going to keep Eric Bieniemy? Are they going to want to promote Bieniemy to head coach? So now, so now, yes, he has this one season of calling the plays, being head coach, or, you know, assistant head coach, doing all this stuff offensively to go alongside with everything that worked in Kansas City. But is he going to have to start from scratch by this time next year? And so for me, if I'm going, if I'm taking a, either a lateral move or I'm taking a step up, I, I'm going in it, I'm going into it with the idea and understanding that I'm going to have some job security. And so this is essentially no different than what he was doing in Kansas City with the one-year deals, kind of with knowing, you know, understanding. And he was like, hey, if you get a head, you know, offense coordinator, head coaching job somewhere else, you're good to go. And, yes, that makes sense. But now you're doing it in a worse place in Washington to where there's so much uncertainty with the franchise. He may not be – like, he. there may not be – a staff position for him in a year's time. So then what? Does he go back to Kansas City? Is another one of these places going to give him an opportunity to, to go back to that lateral place? Is he going to be able to go somewhere and call the head coaching? No. Do the play calling. Is he possibly going to get a head coach? I think their elision of duty for both Indianapolis and Arizona is that you have the guy who helped orchestrate that offense in Kansas City, and then you're like, oh, no, we're going to pick up the guy that, one, couldn't t- do anything with the broad of a barn with a statistically great defense in Jonathan Gannon, and then on the offensive side, yes, you have all these pieces, but is that because of you? Or is it because you got A.J. Brown, who is a freaking stud, and that just exploded your offense, and so now you have all these weapons, and you just had to not screw things up. I that's why I think it's a downward because he was he was in a great spot in Kansas City, even if it was just a year at a time, just re up. Where now it's he's in a good spot, and he has some power, he has some authority. But is it better than what he had in Kansas City, knowing that he may not even be in the same spot in a year's time? That's my business, biggest hesitancy. Well, they- that's kind of where I'm at. Well, with that, that he knows that, and with, in the coaching world, and it's always you know traveling. So I mean, he could be done in Washington, and maybe if he does a good job in Washington, maybe he gets that head spot. But I just think that staying in Kansas City to stay put, and obviously he's done well. You know, you know he's gotten a Super Bowl two out of the last what five years or whatever it may be. But he's interviewed for jobs as a head coach, and no one wants to give it to him. So. There's something there that's preventing him from being a head coach. So he wants to go somewhere else and prove that, hey, I can do this job. And I think part of it was being under Andy Reid in his shadow. Yeah, I mean, Dave, that's what I was going to ask you is, do you think that maybe he did say, hey, you know what, I can I can be a great offensive coordinator and actually call plays without, without Andy Reid being there. I think that I really think that's why he did it. No, no, I, I fully agree. I think that's the reason why he went to Washington is because he has the ability to be the head play caller and he can kind of tick that mark off, which kind of in interviews and reports is what a lot of people are saying, uh, also because he's black. Let's just call it spade a spade. Um, 
he didn't have the play calling duties. So it's like, did you really have this big influence, even though everyone in Kansas City is saying that you were an integral part? So I think him having going to Washington and having this play calling under his belt, even for a season, I think that will check off a lot of boxes. I still think even without even without calling the plays in Kansas City or being the primary or principal play caller, I still think he deserved a head coaching job in at least Indianapolis. Like, mm. like that, that's just me personally. Like, from what the body of work that we've seen from Eric Bieniemy means deserve like he deserves a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen bits and pieces. I we can go tangents about Johnson Gannon and how. Full disclosure: You can book this now, February 18th. Arizona and Indianapolis are going to have the two worst records for me in my preseason predictions. They're going to be picking top five. Mm-hmm. So, like that—that's a guarantee because both of those situations, with the with them coming in, aren't—they're not fixing anything. So, uh, like maybe he dodged a bullet because he didn't get into that D'Amico Ryan sphere where you know they give. They give him a head coaching job that's not really the best, and it's like, man, for that same opportunity, at the same time, say if Washington does sell the team, which God, I hope they do, and there's a new coach, head, new staff, there's not that guarantee for Eric Bieniemy to be that head coach. So then it's okay. Well, but, where but can thing, he go? But the thing, but, but I just said this, David. You know that you're taking a risk as a coach, and really nothing's guaranteed as a coach. You're kind of like a a vagabond nomad. He's going over to a new situation. Yeah, could R- Riviera be gone? Maybe Riviera is setting it up for him to take over, maybe. It could be a possibility. I mean, Washington's been pretty solid with Riviera, so I don't understand why you would think he'd be gone. But at the same time, though, you know as a coach, year to year, you might be having a different address. You know, be for if you can be fortunate to be somewhere past three years as a coach, that's great. But usually, every one to two years, depending on voluntarily or involuntarily, you're going to be moving. Yeah. I mean, that is a possibility, yes. But kind of with the success that he had in Kansas City, do you kind of goes back to kind of the earlier part and kind of teasing it? Do you take the big job knowing the risks, or do you maintain do you maintain success, kind of going things as you are, or do you take that gamble? Take the gamble. Kind of in, in, you in take the, the gamble. You have to. You have to take the. If he really wants to be a head coach and he wants to be that leader of a football team, sometimes you got to take the gamble. You can't stay and be pat and be comfortable. That's even in life in general. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you got to take some risks. If you want to get to the level that you want to get to as far as being known and making a a constant steady flow of income. Is it rough at first? Is it scary at first? Yes. But in life and and especially in the coaching world, sometimes you got to take a risk. He's going to a situation where he's taking a risk. Uh, It's not a disaster. It's not a a dumpster fire. I'd rather him go there than try to be the head coach of the Texans or something, the Houston Texans, where you know it's a basically uh, a disaster. I I do agree that sometimes – a, don't take a job just to take a job because, like I said, it, it could ruin you as a, as a, as for your coaching career. But as I'm looking at, at this right now, the commanders aren't dumpster fire. I mean, Dan Snyder's a dumpster fire. 
But what Riviera is doing with that team and everything amongst all of that is still a pretty respectable team. I don't know about a respectable organization because of Dan Snyder running it. But as far as a team, they're still very competitive in that in that world. And he could come in if he changes Washington around. Let's say they make it to they make it to the wild card and they make it to the divisional round. Benjamin might be out of there within a year, especially let's say that the commanders make it to the NFC championship and lose. Benjamin's definitely getting out of there. They're gonna there's gonna be some hot commodities. He's gonna be a hot commodity coming out of there. So either way you look at it, he could be gone within a year. Whether it's he he does very well there, becomes a hot commodity, gets his finally his head coaching job, or he gets fired, which is basically the life of a coach. Either you're moving up, or you're being removed. Period. Yeah, and, and I I would agree with that. Mike, kind of as I look at this and kind of looking at where statistically Washington was, they were in the twenties last year. Granted, again, whole quarterback situation. They tried to think Carson Wentz was their future, and then that clearly didn't work out. And so now they're basically going with Sam Howell, who again is young quarterback, second year, but essentially a rookie because he only threw the ball twelve times. So fresh start, you have the weapons around him. So I think, in kind of thinking about kind of best case scenario, if Washington next year can be what the Giants did this year, I think Eric the Enemy will prove doubters wrong. Because I think that leap up both for the offense, because Washington wasn't like ridiculously far away from the playoffs this year. That whole division was, you know, everyone had a chance. So I think. If Washington can be twelve to seventeen total offense statistically, I think that even even if they're you know twelve to nineteen, if they're in the teens in terms of total offense in comparison to this year, I think Eric Bieniemy will one prove a lot of doubts wrong, and two, I think there will be strong calls to be like, hey, this guy did exactly what you all said he would. You know, so get let's give let's try to get him a head coaching job before you know nepotism gives a you know a retread. Frank Wright gets another head coaching job somewhere. Well, Frank Wright's like, not a bad I, coach. I mean, you call him a retread, but he was in a bad situation there. I, I mean, I want the enemy to go somewhere where he can shine and not go to where like the Colts or the Texans. Go to a, a, a actual organization that has some respectability, and and Commanders there, there went are, eight eight and one last year. Yeah, there are three teams that kind of it's like these obviously projections and trajectories, kind of thinking a year ahead of time. There are three teams that I think he could go and be a legitimate head coaching candidate at, and if not, you know, and this is obviously depending on if. Certain coaches retire. I think one of them is he could come back to Kansas City because I guarantee they do not think Matt Nagy is going to be the heir apparent to Andy Reid. Not with what people in Chicago know. Um, so I think Kansas City is one. Well, Nagy could. I mean, let, let's be honest. The enemy going to the Bears would have been a, a, a dumpster fire, let, let's face it. And the, the Bears, is we can bring that conversation up because we talked about that a little bit later, but they're a dumpster fire organization. But continue. I'd rather have well, the enemy go to the commanders than the Bears. Well, 
surprised you say that because the Bears are going to be my second team. Mm-hmm. Kind of depending on who they draft in number one, and we'll get to the mock draft later, you know, later this month mm-hmm. or next month, I could see Eric Bieniemy with a second year head quarter, quarterback if they go number one overall or a Justin Fields that needs kind of that Patrick Mahomes magic. I could see Eric Bieniemy going there. Third team, and this is probably like the darkest horse of them all. I could see him being the heir apparent in Dallas. Because mm-hmm. with, with that offense, with, with those weapons, and kind of the mind would, I don't know if Dak Prescott's still going to be there because he's, God knows with his injury history, but just kind of with them and the high profile and kind of the high intensity of that offense. And you know Jerry Jones loves the more points the better. Like that, those are the three teams that kind of thinking in a year's time. Keep my ears open. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I just wish the enemy the best of luck, and I, I I want him to do well because he deserves to do well because he's respected. Everyone loves him. He earned his stripes around the league, and I just want him get, to get one of those one of the thirty-two. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I. Uh... We see it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I know it's a lateral move, but at the same time, he's being cautious. And as I said before, as a coach, you only get one shot sometimes to be a head coach. And you see around like Matt Rule went to the Carolina Panthers. And at the end of the day, as the coach, if things don't go right or you and the general manager don't mix – you're usually going to take the fall. And I think Eric Benjamin knows that, and he wants to go to a situation where it, it's pretty decent. Him and the general manager have the same ideas and thoughts of as far as running an offense and what players to plug in there. So you can have a long tenure you know, coaching stint with that team. You don't want to be that guy that's almost like the stopgap quarterback. You're the stopgap coach where you're getting a bunch of young talent, you're grooming them, and then next thing you know, they bring in a retread, and then that person goes and gets a Super Bowl with the team. You don't want to be that coach. Or you don't want to be that coach that's just within within a dumpster fire so much that they're blaming you and their stench is wearing off on you because the team is so bad and so dysfunctional. And that then, you know, they say that people say, well, see, I told you, I told you he was going to be a good head coach. I told you. You know, like the Texans, you know, going through two coaches – in two years, you know, Cully and, and, and Lovey Smith. This is, those, those aren't very good situations. Yeah, and I can say the same about, you know, Indianapolis and um, Arizona, you know, two situations, one in Indianapolis where I think it's just, they just need a full rebuild, and they'll probably go, again, mock draft. They're taking a, quarter, they're taking a quarterback mm-hmm. with their first, first round draft pick. I don't know what the belief is happening in Arizona, but that's that's a situation I wouldn't want to touch with a ten foot ball personally. But. Exactly. Exactly. Frank. I mean you mentioned Arizona and that mess there, obviously. Kyler Murray won't be back, so I don't know how long Jonathan Gann's gonna last there and of course Shane Steichen, it sounds like he's been get. He's going to be given some time in Indianapolis, but I don't know how long he's how well he's going to get along with Jim Irsay because Irsay's pretty hands on. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens. Another 
coaching cycle in the NFL has gone in the books, and we'll see what the next season brings. Yeah, as always, that's all you, you, you all you can talk about, you know. Um, yeah, well, like I said, we'll see. Now, uh, talking about Eric Bieniemy and NFL, I don't know if we're going to change another sub, another uh, subject here. It is the NFL because we're going to get into your high school boys basketball. As we got another, as we'll tell you at the top of the hour, uh, we'll have WHT Sports with women's basketball. I believe it's Rocket for the Cure, by the way. I believe it is this this uh, this uh, weekday or weekend. Can, can you believe it's the weekend already? Yeah. Let's see, I'm trying to see who they're in action against. I believe Eastern Michigan. Ooh. So what we're going to win? Huh. Let's see here. Yeah, the the men are actually at that school down south today. Yes, battle the ice. I'm surprised they didn't go. Uh, I guess you could. Yeah, it's a 5 o'clock tip. No, they couldn't make it, even though the game might be done at um, 4. I don't think they'll be able to make it. Well, as a broadcaster, no, but, I mean, they could probably make it down there in time to at least watch it. <laughs> right. Remember we used to do those trips all the time? Oh, yeah, that was fun. Well, I mean, technically, if they had another matrix system, you know, true, they could have a they could have a crew down, you know, crew down there, you know, kick it down, maybe do a little interlude coverage, do a little Sports Center, you know, ESPN at UT, do a little rocket recap, and then shift it down to the men play that team from down south. It's, it's possible. Now, while we listen to this real quick, I want I want to get your thoughts on this. Hold on a second. Spot great early, Mahomes. You can spot awful early, E.J. Manuel, Zach Wilson. So the truth is, Justin Fields is neither. He's not special, and he's not awful. He is somewhere in between, and there's nothing wrong with that. 50% of the starters in this league are in that space. They're not terrible, and they're not great. He's going to be somewhere potentially could he be somewhere 11 to 20? Your thoughts. We've talked about this on the show before. I think that's pushed a little too high, but he's not but he's not but he's not EJ Manuel bad. No, but he's not really going to get you to the Super Bowl. No, I mean the way I see Justin Fields is he's like McDonald's. You know what you're going to get with him. Mm-hmm. No passing game. But here's something else. Yeah, so no, he's not EJ Manning. David, we talked about this. What are your thoughts? I've, I've said this before. I think the Bears need to entertain trading Justin Fields and then getting a quarterback with the number one pick or trying to collect a lot of things and see if they can move down maybe a few spots. But you, you think Justin Fields is perfect for Chicago. I don't. But people are starting to see I, it I now. Don't, I, don't say, I don't think he's perfect for Chicago, but I think he's better – than bringing in a rookie and throwing him to the fire, especially since you know a rookie's not going to be ready week one. No, David. I don't care if you play at Ohio State. David. It's going to be different playing. David, stop. We know what Justin Fields is. Yeah, like I said, I've said. What about like, Justin Herbert? He came in after Tyrod got poked in the ribs or poked in his lungs, and we already knew from day one that Herbert was the guy. Yeah, stop and, and now, now we're saying. And now we're saying Herbert, man, 
Herbert's struggling. Nobody's Herbert's saying that. Who's saying who that? Who's saying that? Did I say that? If, if you look at midway through the season when Justin Herbert was struggling, there were a lot of people that. saying. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. You you know who. Has Patrick Mahomes struggled? I mean, it depends on how you define early. That first year. No, he didn't. And then stop second it, year, David. David, stop it. Stop it. You know. You know there's going to be some struggles, but you know if that person's the guy or not. Everyone knew that Patrick Mahomes was the guy. Justin Fields has a lot, a lot of deficiencies, and you're not going to go anywhere. If you got to sit up there and say you got to improve the offensive line, you got to get them all these weapons, you got to do all this and that, are you really the guy? Because Tom Brady, let's be quite honest, he didn't have any special weapons. He had middle-of-the-road receivers. Yeah. I mean, how many how many times have I said Tom Brady could have Peter Griffin, Big Bird, and Toons is the driving cat as his receivers, and he'd still throw for 5,000 yards? Yeah, but at the beginning of the show, we just talked about how Kansas City needs to improve their offensive line. Like They, they did. They did. Yeah, I said, yeah after Wait that. a minute, think about it. Patrick Mahomes lost his top receiver in Tyreek. Hill. Yeah, they traded they Hill. traded him away. He and had other guys who were injured. Right, and he he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, so why would it be a detriment if we need to say that Chicago needs to improve their offensive line? Well, they do, but that's not going to help because let's be honest, Justin Fields is not very accurate. He's not a very good passer. He's a great first through three and a half quarter quarterback. But when you need to get the ball down the field with your arm, he can't do it. Hey, Jalen Hurts, look how short he was on that final drive of the game when he had to throw a long pass. Nowhere close to the end zone. He's not the guy. And I've been saying this. I want a guy that can get us to the Super Bowl. I can entertain. There's many avenues of me getting entertainment. I think Justin Fields is a very entertaining quarterback. I do think he could be he, – he, he's a solid quarterback. But I'd like to be able to see the Bears consistently be at least in the title chase, especially in the weak NFC North. Aaron Rodgers is the guy. You, you know who the guy is, and it's not Justin Fields. Just, just, just admit it. He's not the guy. He's very entertaining. He's not the guy. Doesn't He doesn't elevate – the Bears. The Bears went three and fourteen. He's an elevator. He's entertaining. But come on, There's the, the guys are the ones that make something out of nothing. You could have a bad offensive line. You can have poor receivers. But when you just have that special talent, where you raise everyone's level of play, it's great. I said Justin Fields is a guy that can run the ball, which is another concern of mine because you can't take so many hits if a running back who's designed to run the ball, can only take so many hits in the NFL. Do I really want my quarterback doing that? And he messed up his shoulder. You got to cut bait, David. You got to. We can't go three more years with this. I already know where this is going to go. It's going to lead to more mediocrity. Maybe they might get a couple more wins. But even if you give him a line, he doesn't have the accuracy to throw the damn ball and put it on the numbers on the receivers. Period. It is what it is. Stop wasting time. 
Because all you're going to do is there's going to be another three years of wasting time where you build up this team and then next thing you know, the guy can't move anymore because he's taking so many hits. Same thing with Mitch Trubisky. He's just a step above Mitch Trubisky. And I said that before and people cut my head off. Oh, he got them to the NFC uh, North Championship and then in the playoff game, couldn't do anything and he had to rely on a field goal kicker who missed the field goal. It's just that's Justin Fields. You've, I've already seen this 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 movie before. Pull the plug. Get something for him. Trade him to Atlanta, his hometown. I'm sure the the desperate Falcons need to sell tickets. Pick up some role guys. Pick up some offensive linemen. Then in the, in the draft, get the quarterback that you need to get and build from there. I know it hurts. I know it sucks. But you got to pull the plug. You, you you can't dance around with this guy. You just can't because you're wasting time. It's delaying the inevitable. Okay, you get a few more wins, but then now you're getting in, into spots in the draft where you can't draft guys. Get the young guy in there. Let them grow as a team. Get the picks where you need to go and then organically grow to the point in the second or third season you're actually competing for championships. Not this 3-14. and 14. Then the next year, what, he gets six wins? They go six and eleven. And then I'm pretty sure he's going to regress because he's been getting his ass popped all the time because he's always trying to run. And the next year, maybe he gets eight wins. I mean, that's just wasting time, David. You're just you're kicking the can down the road. Sell him while he's hot. Get the picks. Move on. Simple. Already talking about he doesn't he wants a dome stadium from the new stadium. Well, it sounds like they're going to be getting one. Mm-hmm. Arlington Park and the Bears fans were upset about that, which is another thing the Bears fans need to understand. You need you, you need to move forward. You, 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 Soldier Field is one of the oldest stadiums. I know it's nostalgia, but if you want to attract free agents, you, you got to have the facilities. You got to. You got to be able to look like you're competing. You got to look professional. And that's the case with that. Move on. Oh, it's the cold weather. That's our advantage. Nobody wants to sit. Let's be honest. Nobody wants to sit in a brutal winter on Lake Michigan watching a Bears game, especially if the team sucks. Typical economics. If they can get a dome stadium, great. I wouldn't really give a damn. I mean, the Lions have a dome stadium, and a lot of people go watch the Lions, whether they're good or bad. Get entertainment, except Frank. But oh, I saw. Maybe I don't watch because I work on Sundays. That Bears Lions game last year, I went with my family on Thanksgiving. I had a blast. It was a decent game. Two horrible teams. Andy Dalton was the quarterback. But it ended up being a really great game, and I had fun. I saw a lot of Bears fans traveled. It was cool to be indoors. Uh, the drinks were expensive, though. Little alcohol and more expensive, you know, for 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 it. You know, if you're gonna charge me, you know, sixteen bucks for some alcohol, you better put some liquor in that thing. But anyway, yeah, it is what it is. The, the Bears need to move on from him. You, I've I've gotten enough to see that you're not the guy. Now, if you want to be in that hamster wheel of I hope we make the wild card and the best is yet to come maybe with a divisional thing. Yeah. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Is Dak Prescott the guy? Is he? 
anyone? Bueller? What do you say? I mean, I... I think he's the best situation for Dallas. I just think no, no, no. We don't want the best situation. Even Aaron Rodgers is. Look what he did this year with the Packers. They didn't have anything, and were they competitive this year? Yes, they got knocked out by the Lions at the end, but they were still competitive. They were better than the Bears. They were still in the playoff hunt, and he had nothing. He lost his best receiver, and they were still competitive. And you're talking about Justin Fields has nothing, and we still ended up three and fourteen. Got to move on. You just do. I I I just can't. I can't be in this hamster wheel. I I hope we're in the middle of the pack of the North, or I hope we get to the wild card. No. I, I can tell you right now. Even if they build up the line and they have a bunch of receivers, it's going to even show more of his flaws because he can't hit receivers. He can't. He can't. I know many times that Cole Komet. Has been open. He's thrown the ball behind him. Or how many times receivers have been open and he just takes the ball and runs. He's limited. He's a good guy to bring in. You know, if the team's not very good, he sells some tickets. But I, I, he's not on no Patrick Mahomes level. That's for sure. So why waste the time, David? Why build around a guy that's not on that level? My my thinking is so if you and this you know if you do draft either Bryce Young who a lot of people think is going to go number one over C.J. Stroud. I've always said like, Stroud. I'm sorry. I think Stroud has an arm. I've I've always thought Stroud was the better quarterback than Fields. That's just me. So, so so do you think so? Kind of so week one, would you rather have C.J. Stroud as your quarterback or? Justin Fields. I go with Stroud. Well, Fields is not going to be there. We're going to get rid of the distraction. You're going to trade Fields for pieces. That's what we're going to do. That's, that's the point here. The pan is hot. Get rid of him so you can get value for him. If you keep him around and you got in the quarterback controversy, he loses value. Right now, he's hot. Get rid of him. So there wouldn't be any kind type of quarterback controversy. Would I bring in a veteran quarterback? Yeah. I'd bring in a veteran quarterback. And he could probably sit for a year and watch. Or that veteran quarterback obviously can talk him through things. Now, obviously, you're going to have to do your due diligence in, 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 in you know the scouting department and really reviewing what C.J. Stroud has. I do know he has an arm, though. I know he can throw that thing. Better than Justin Fields. Is he a great, great of an athlete as him? No. But look at Lamar Jackson. He's been injured. It's going to catch up with you, David. You can't have your quarterback doing all that running. Early yeah. years, great. Look at Mike Vick. What did you get out of Mike Vick? Hell of a talent. But what did he really do for the Atlanta Falcons? All I remember is he got to one NFC championship, and that That's was it. it. That was it. Entertaining as hell. Everybody loved Mike Big. I think he revolutionized the position. But what would you rather have? One NFC championship that you lost, or do you want Tom Brady's greatness? Slow as hell. Sixth rounder. 
Swag over substance most people take. I'm taking the substance. I take substance as well. Heck, Jared Goff almost got to the playoffs with the Lions. And he's been to a Super Bowl. Been to a Super Bowl. So, as I said, I would get rid of Fields. He's got value right now. Put him out there on the market. Someone's going to get him. It's almost like the, the, the when the Cowboys got rid of Herschel Walker. Why? What are you doing? People thought Jimmy Johnson was crazy for doing that. And then look at him now. He was smart because he built up all them that draft equity and drafted guys who helped them win three Super Bowls. That's the crazy part. Yeah, that, that's because Jimmy Johnson had a plan. Like like you said, I don't know what Chicago's... I think uh, Chicago has a plan. Hopefully it's to get rid of Justin Fields. I mean, they, they didn't. this GM didn't draft him. Didn't. Coach wasn't there. I mean, if you really got to think about it, the, off, the coaching was actually really good with Chicago. They had to regress the offense to just be successful. Just let them run the ball. But you know that's not sustainable. The struggles was when they were trying to really run him as an NFL quarterback. He can't pass. So we said, well, we'll go to his strengths, which is great. But he's going to get hurt. And that, that doesn't win you any football games. I, I thought it wasn't. We should have beat the Lions at Chica- at Chicago. They just packed the box. Put a spy on him. Say, we'll, we'll let you throw the football. And what happened? The Lions won. Threw a pick six. Threw a pick six. Then at the end, couldn't, couldn't complete nothing. They stacked the box and had, and remember, had the receivers just one-on-one cover. I think it was might have been cover zero. Just stacked the box. We're gonna, we'll let them run their routes and see what they do. And he was nowhere coming close to the receiver. He wasn't even throwing the ball for, you know, even though the receivers aren't that great, <laughs> to at least make a play. That's when I knew this ain't this ain't it. Entertaining, thousand yard rusher stuff like that, but no. And I don't think he's on the level of Mike Vick. So just just put him out there on the market and see what what team gobbles him up. Hometown Atlanta might love him. They love entertainment. That organization loves entertainment. They can have them. And then if Chicago can't get some draft picks, maybe get some linemen, and then go from there and build it up. But, David, you're going to have to move on. That, that, that's just plain and simple. they got, they got to move on. So, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, there's obviously going to be something that we talk about all through the draft season, just kind of, and you know, I know we got to get to the high school hoops, but just kind mm-hmm. of thinking, um, like, so what is, like now, now that everyone's kind of putting Justin Fields' name out there, you know, what is his value? Like, can you get, can you even get a first rounder? Is it going to have to be, you know, combination well, of multiple second round picks? I think you can get second rounders, third rounders. Uh, maybe get creative and pick up some veterans. Maybe pick up some veteran receivers. I mean, I, to like, be is, honest, is it going to be a Russell Wilson kind of thing? Where you're trading away multiple first, I don't even remember what. 
I don't Russell think it's Wilson gonna. I don't. Was for Seattle. I don't think it's gonna be multiple first round picks. It's gonna be at least one, I think. Right, one, maybe a second rounder, maybe get. Let's face it, too. I'm not really gonna try to get a first round pick. I'm gonna try to get second and third rounders because those are the guys that normally help you with the football team. I already got the number one pick in my back pocket already. Now, if I can get another first rounder, great. But fact of the matter is, let's be honest. Most of the NFL is made up of second and third rounders. Second, really second and fourth rounders. Those are the guys that are helping you win championships. Just, just call it down. Call it what it is. Very few first rounders are making. Now Aiden Hutchinson's doing good. Now if they're a top pick, first, second, third. But hey, look at Baker Mayfield. He was the number one overall pick. What's he doing? Back up for the Rams. <laughs> Bagging groceries at Walmart. No, he David. Come on, that's a low. That's a low. That's a low blow, David. He's a backup quarterback for the Rams, and he. Yeah, but we he did win, and he, and he won a couple of games. He won in Cleveland too, but yeah, Fields. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. The Browns kind of realized mm, we we need to get Deshaun Watson. They realized it that Baker Mayfield, number one pick, you got some strengths, you did win win us some ball games, but there's some limitations where you're not going to get us to the, the, the horizon or the promised land. We got to cut ties, and they did. Now that with Deshaun Watson, we'll see how that all unfolds next season because obviously he was gone for half the season, so you didn't you really didn't get a good look at him, but. That it was for the best for the Browns to kind of move on from because then he went to Carolina and then what did he do? And I kind of see that with Justin Fields. You're doing decent, but you'll go to another situation and you are what you are. Last thoughts and then we'll move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking, I'll be curious to see, you know, if uh, Justin Fields get traded, what that draft, what those draft packages are out there and what teams because that's gonna that's gonna be a big indicator for a lot of things, both kind of how the league reviews him, but the Bears are trying to ask for him and kind right. of right now they could package the number one pick and Justin Fields. Then you, what do you get out of that? You know, you know, maybe to move down. Now it also depends on what happens at the combine. You know, it, it, with this quarterback class, let's see how they do. That those are other things that are dependable. But like I said. You've got two commodities. You've got Justin Fields and you got that number one draft pick. What are you trying to do as an organization? You're trying to be a championship organization on the fast track. To get something, you gotta give up something. And there's your two assets. I just hope for the love of God that the Bears don't do what one draft, you know, mock draft did says and they pick a defensive lineman because there will be riots in Chicago if the defensive lineman goes number one overall. David, at this point, I'm not surprised. Come on, David. We've talked about this on this show. So you think that they would take Jalen Carter? Yeah. No, it it wasn't Jalen Carter. It was a defensive was another one. But, but, but David, what have we talked about on this show? As long as Virginia McCaskey is the owner there, she's still living in 1985. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, this GM seems like he's kind of going to fight back and be like, look, lady, you didn't brought me in here to make the decisions and stuff yeah. and get the groceries for the food. Let me do my job. 
that's what it seems like. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they yeah, got something on defense. Yeah, I he's telling her, her, don't ever call me. If I ever call you, the answer is yes. Right, yeah. We'll see. But I wouldn't be – that is a Chicago Bears thing. We're, we're going to build it on defense. And then they'll talk about Dick Buckus and, and all the old heads. Do everything the way George Hallis did, did it. it. Right. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I'm crossing fingers that they do the right thing and kind of step into the 21st century and step into 2023 and realize that this is what we need to do to be a sustainable uh, football club. But I wouldn't be surprised. That's why I think that Eric Bandemi going to the commanders as an offensive coordinator and not trying to be the head coach of the Bears or wherever, an organization like the Bears, who's still unsteady, is the best move for him. Go there. Do, do your thing. If, if, if he gets the commanders to get into the playoff hunt, he's out of there. He's, he's punched his ticket to be a head coach somewhere. Sometimes, you know, you fall back, do a lateral move, fall back a little bit, show your worth. Because I do think, like I said, I'm finishing up the segment, with him and by the side of Andy Reid, he's not really getting the credit that he deserves. So go somewhere else, and if you can still do that somewhere else, Without Andy Reid, then it shows that, oh, maybe the whole time Eric Bieniemy was the key cog in helping the Chiefs. Because everyone thinks it's all Andy Reid. And if he would have stayed put, he never would have gotten any credit. So you got to move. And no, it sucks, David, but you got to sometimes in life. If you go where I know that the, the, they, they probably appreciate him, but his goals in life is to be a head coach. And people are just tolerating him as an offensive coordinator. So he needs to go somewhere where he can show that, hey, appreciate my coaching talents. I did it in Kansas City. I'm going to do it here, too. I agree. All right. So that that was a long segment. Now we get into high school basketball. What you got for us, Frank? Well, I'll uh, get into what happened with Bedford this week. I think a milestone was reached, and there was a lot of stuff going on this. And week, they'll actually. hit on a couple of on a couple other teams as well. Like what? Uh, how my alma mater has done the last couple of weeks? How have they done? Wait a minute, you talking about Ida, right? Yes. I'm trying to get in. Oh, here we go, man! I was looking for everything. So, been around the world, been around this segment, getting into some high school boys basketball in a half hour. Guess who's coming up next? The Rockets are in action against Eastern Michigan. That's right. Women, though. The women are. We'll be right back after this on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WGTs after further review with a picture of Frank Bash on the horse's head. And we return, boys high school basketball for the last segment.